With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. I'm Benjamin Wargold, the beat writer for Wisconsin football for the Rivals.com network. And if life was normal, I'd be getting ready to head to Chicago for Big Ten Media Days this Wednesday and Thursday. The first real opportunity to speak to head coach Paul Christ, the Wisconsin players, other Big Ten programs, and get some real authentic deep dish pizza. Instead, we sit here at the end of July not knowing what football is going to look like this upcoming season. A frustrating reality for all of us as we go into what feels like month 50 of this COVID-19 quarantine shutdown pandemic. Insert own adjective here. On today's show, no guests today had some uh, scheduling conflicts with a lot of people that couldn't quite get uh, a guest fit in for this time slot. We'll have another one later this week. We'll have another podcast later this week. But I want to talk about kind of what's been happening here the last week to two weeks with Wisconsin football, Big Ten football heading to the fall. And with some big recruiting news happen, uh, Braylon Allen committed to, to Wisconsin's 2022 recruiting class, a huge commitment for the Badgers. We'll talk about that here in a couple minutes. But first and foremost is what are we going to have this fall? And the question is entirely up in the air. We've seen steps being taken by the Big Ten, by college football, some conferences in college football, to try to limit exposure to this COVID-19 pandemic. We also don't know how professional sports are going to respond. We're going to find out here very soon with Major League Baseball starting up uh, this weekend and the NBA starting restarting a week after that. How those go, I think we'll have a direct determination of what kind of landscape we'll have for college sports in the fall. But the Big Ten Conference announced earlier this month that if the league is able to participate in fall sports, and that is men's and women's cross country, field hockey, football, of course, men's and women's soccer, and women's volleyball, based on medical advice, it will move to a conference-only schedule. Now, details for these sports will be released at a later date. We still don't know if it's going to be a nine-game schedule, if it's going to be bumped up to a 10 or what have you. But the Big Ten is the first FBS conference to make any decision on the upcoming fall season, although the Pac-12 conference soon followed and the ACC, Big 12, and SEC could be next, while the Ivy League has pushed back things out of the fall entirely, moving more sports to the spring. Now, the conference sent a statement that, you know, we are facing uncertain and unprecedented times in the health, safety, and wellness of our student-athletes, coaches, game officials, and others associated with our sports program and campuses remain our number one priority. By limiting the competition to other Big Ten institutions, the conference will have the greatest flexibility to adjust its own operations throughout the season and make quick decisions in real time based on the most current evolving medical advice and the fluid nature of the pandemic, which leads you to believe that what the Big Ten is prepared for is if an outbreak happens at a school. Say Wisconsin has multiple players get sick and those multiple players are exposed to the entirety of the roster. 
And then Wisconsin, in a couple days, has to play Michigan in Ann Arbor. That game now can, in theory, be moved because you now have more flexibility with your schedule. Instead of having just one bye week, you now have four. Also, there's a uniform testing policy with the Big Ten. You know everyone in the Big Ten has the financial resources to be doing it the same way. So it makes sense in that regard. But it sure does stink that Wisconsin is not going to be able to play some really interesting non-conference games this year. Certainly, first and foremost, is the game at Lambeau Field with Wisconsin-Notre Dame. But also, there's the home games against FCS opponents Southern Illinois and Appalachian State in September. Southern Illinois game was going to be fascinating because their starting quarterback is Curry Lyles, who played at Wisconsin and transferred to Southern Illinois partly to get a chance to play Wisconsin his senior year, which is no longer going to happen. Appalachian State, the Mountaineers, were going to be a tremendous test. They went 13-1 last year and finished ranked 19th in the AP poll. And that's the same program that knocked off Michigan when Michigan was in the top five all those years ago, the debut of the Big Ten Network. Now, per this statement, the decision was made after months of discussions between the Big Ten Council of Presidents and Chancellors, athletic directors, conference staff, medical experts, including the Big Ten Task Force for Emerging Infectious Diseases and the Big Ten Sports Medicine Committee. So a lot of people had their hat thrown in the ring here, but... We don't know much more beyond that. We don't know if the season's going to be made at nine games, if it's going to be ten. Barry Alvarez said the department will be unable to accommodate a full stadium in 2020. How many people he'll be able to accommodate, if any at all, is still up in the air. And Alvarez said in a statement, too, that the circumstances we're trying to work through together are done so with one thing in mind, the health and safety of our student athletes, staff, and fans. The big renovation project in the... Uh, South end zone has been put on hold. So many things we just don't know with this COVID-19 pandemic. You know, summer athletic activities continue to go on, although schools have postponed them for the time being because of positive tests. Ohio State was one of the programs that recently had to suspend these type of workouts. Wisconsin continues to go through them. The positive tests that they've released have remained low, just a handful of cases, Although Wisconsin basketball has decided to wait until August to begin their summer workouts. It's just one of these things where it's frustrating for a lot of fans, especially fans who are losing Midwest non-conference games that would limit travel and adding further travel. Say Rutgers, for instance. Rutgers had two non-conference home games against teams on the East Coast, and their one non-conference road game was playing Temple in Philadelphia, just over the the border. Now they're having a season where they have to fly three times to the Midwest. Their current schedule has them playing um, at Michigan State, Indiana, and there's one other one that they have to play. So what is going to happen here? Who knows? I've said that a couple times already. But we do know that this year we're not going to get Michigan State at Miami. We're not going to get Michigan at Washington. We're not going to get Oregon State at, uh, excuse me, Ohio State at Oregon. And we're not going to get Penn State at Virginia Tech. And we're not going to get, for the first time since 1964, Wisconsin playing Notre Dame. Now, the two teams are scheduled to play at Soldier Field in Chicago in 2021. 
and Alvarez has said that both schools are committed to rescheduling that canceled game, but who knows when that's going to be? Because schools have their non-conference schedules, you know, inked out years in advance, and that doesn't even mean those games can be played. Wisconsin was supposed to play Virginia Tech back when I was in school, back in like 2006 or seven. They still haven't played that series. It's it's this is the first and main decisions that is going to hurt the bottom line for Power Five schools, as well as the group of five schools who need to play Power Five schools to pay their bills. Take Ball State. Ball State had two road games against Big Ten teams scheduled for 2020. Michigan and Indiana, and they were going to get $1.675 million for those two games. Losing that money means losing a big revenue stream for that athletic department. So we understand the flexibility. We understand why the move was made. It stinks. We all know that. But does anybody really think that that's it, that there's not more dominoes to fall? You know, it's one thing to ask professional athletes to self-quarantine, to distance themselves from family and friends for the duration of the season so that the games can be played or the season can be completed and a championship uh, champion can be crowned. But it's another thing to ask unpaid college athletes to do the same thing. It's a hard sell for me, which leads me to believe that bigger bumps in the road are coming for college athletics and the question if we will even have college athletics at all. But on the good news front, not all gloom and doom here today. In the last 15 recruiting classes, the first commit has been a Wisconsin native nine times. How many can you name of those last 15 recruiting classes? How many of those prospects can you name? Bonus points if you can get the year. No matter how far back you are racking your brain, everyone should be able to get at least one player. That one player who made his commitment late last week when Fond du Lac Jr., Braylon Allen committed to the Wisconsin program. This is a huge pick, pickup for the Badgers. Consensus four-star recruit. He committed to Wisconsin over early offers from Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, and Iowa, who's gained interest from Ohio State and Alabama. And he told the Fond du Lac TV station after the commitment that it just felt like, I felt like it was just the best fit for me after my meeting with Coach Jim Leonard about the defense and everything else had been checked off for a while. That's just kind of what I was waiting for. How was I going to be used in the defense and their plan for me? Everything's checked off of my list. It's my home state. It's a great team. It's a great program. I have great relationships with all the coaches, so I did see a point in waiting. A 6'1", 200-pound prospect, Allen is slated to play safety for Wisconsin's defense, but could develop into a linebacker in certain situations. Fond du Lac, in his, Allen's two years on on, in the program, 21-3. and three. As a sophomore, Allen had 48 tackles, 4 sacks, and 3 interceptions. It's amazing because it's something you dream about and you work for, he said. It came pretty early for me. It's just pretty cool for a highly recruited guy. Not many kids get the opportunity the opportunity to play Division One football at all. So to have the offers that I did and the interest I had was awesome. Allen has said that his commitment will hopefully convince the other in-state recruits to stay home, that he doesn't think, quote, there would be anything better than a Wisconsin team led by six in-state recruits winning a national championship. So who will be that next in-state domino to fall in 2022? Some think it will be Milwaukee Rufus King receiver Jerry Cross. 
66220, the Rising Junior is listed at, and he has offers from Wisconsin, Iowa State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, and Purdue. 28 uh, catches, 533 yards, and 11 touchdowns last season, and he could develop into a receiver, a tight end, or even a defensive end at the college level, depending on how he d- his body develops over these next two years. Cross told BadgerBlitz.com previously, they told my coach that they just like my overall physical talent and the amount of respect and character I have shown during their visits. In addition to Cross, the Badgers have offered in-state prospects Carson Hensman, Joe Bruner, Billy Schrarth, and Isaac Hamm. Now, Hensman is an interior lineman from Sacroix Central and is one of the most coveted linemen in the Midwest for his 2022 class. He already has over a dozen offers, which include Alabama and LSU extending that rare offer to a Wisconsin native. Of all those offers, however, Hinsman said that Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Penn State are the four schools recruiting him the hardest at this time. Bruner also is an early four-star offensive lineman. He's a tackle, while Hinsman's more of an interior lineman. Bruner comes from Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin. He already has offers from Arizona State, Iowa, LSU, Miami, Michigan, Nebraska, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Penn State. Schwarth, two-way offensive lineman uh, for one of the best lower division schools in the state in St. Mary Springs out of Fond du Lac. He was an honorable mention all-state selection last year, finishing with 44 tackles and 19 tackles for loss. And he has Big Ten offers from Iowa, Michigan, Northwestern, Ohio State, and Penn State as well as offers from Notre Dame and Tennessee. Ohio State, as you can see, very busy here in the state of Wisconsin in this 2022 class. Uh, Schwarz said he's never visited Wisconsin, but he would probably say that Notre Dame, Ohio State, and the Badgers are the schools that are currently recruiting him the hardest. I don't know if I mentioned it. Notre Dame and Tennessee also have offered him as well. Uh, of that group, Hom is the only unranked player of the group, a strong side defensive end. He already has offers from Iowa and Minnesota, First-team all-conference selection last season and said that his entire family grew up fans of the Badgers. Kind of seems like he's going to be in the boat sooner rather than later. Pretty solid uh, 2022 in-state class for Wisconsin, a group that really could be a really solid foundation here in the next coming years. Uh, And by the way, the other in-state players who are the first commits to the respective classes, time to get those guesses in, kind of think about it. Now I'll give you the answers. Uh, spoiler alert, here we go, T- 2006, Jake Bershear, the number one player in the state and the number four offensive tackle in the country, committed in January of 2015 over Michigan and Iowa and several others. Uh, a year later, 2007, Nick Toon, a uh, four-star prospect, made his quick commitment to follow in his dad's footsteps. 2008, Tyler Westfall. 2009, uh, Ty, Shelby Harris, and Jordan Kahoot. Uh, committed at the same time during a junior day for the 2009 class. 2010, Wisconsin flipped someone from Minnesota. Guesses, Tyrag Zagzepski from, uh, from D.C. Everest. Uh, up in that neck of the woods, too, Baldwin Woodville High School. Uh, in 2011, Jake Kiefer. And 2014, George Panos followed in his dad's footsteps. He committed very early uh, during Wisconsin's spring game as a sophomore, so he would have been in that, uh, that was 2012. Now, a couple breaks in the action from the Gary Anderson era, but the last four classes were have all been highlighted by an in-state kid committed first. Leo Chanel in the 2019 class, Jack Nelson, the son of former UW player Todd Nelson, committed in 2020, 
2020 class in October of 2017. And J.P. Benchwall, whose dad and two brothers played for the Badgers, joined the 2021 class in February of 2019. Hopefully you got most of them right. Uh, no reward. We'll just give you a nice, nice round of applause if you're able to nail most of those. But with Wisconsin locking up one of its top targets in 2022, where do things stand in the near future of 2021? UW's 15 commitments still rank very, very strong in the Rivals.com rankings. They are currently number 16 nationally, the entire classes. But there is room for more, and there's some star-studded players that Wisconsin is going after. We're going to close today kind of looking at those top five players on that list. And number one is Nolan Rucci. Top nine, Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Michigan, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State, Stanford, and the Badgers. One of the top offensive tackles in the country. He's ranked sixth uh, by Rivals.com. And, you know, Penn State and Clemson are believed to be the front runners, but no Rucci's older brother uh, is currently, Hayden, is currently a tight end in the Wisconsin program. So Nolan is very familiar with what the Badgers are and how the Badgers have churned out many a talented offensive lineman in past years. Now, number two on that list by Badger Bits publisher John McNamara, he would be, that would be Skylar Bell, who's been in close contact with position coach Alvis Witted, the three-star prospect, recently participated in a virtual official visit to Wisconsin, and he has called the Badgers a top school in the Big Ten with great academics. Wisconsin's still looking for a wide receiver in the 2020 class, 2021 class, excuse me, it's one of the only positions Wisconsin really hasn't touched on. You look at number three on this list, and it is going to be Jake Ratzlaff. And what's interesting about Jake is that he's currently committed to play hockey at Minnesota, a decision he made in July of 2017. So for three years, he's been committed. He's from Rosemount High School in Minnesota. But he has gotten four offers to play college football at the next level. And the 6'3", 215-pound junior is seriously considering this offseason of what sport he wants to play. Quoting, Wisconsin offered last summer at their camp, and they've been talking to me ever since. That was actually the only time I've been there because I've been so busy with hockey. I was going to get down there for the spring game in April, but obviously that's all been canceled or pushed back. But I'm hoping to get down there soon when things get back to normal. Coach Bob Bosted has been absolutely phenomenal with recruiting and all this hockey stuff. He wants me to come play there, but hasn't been pushy about it. He asked how hockey is going with all the chaos that's been going on. He's been great about all this with hockey and football, and I think he's helped me out a lot. He knows that Wisconsin would be one of the really one of the top schools I would choose if I was going to play football, so he's been great about all of it and really understanding kind of interesting that Wisconsin likes him as an outside linebacker, which would pair really well with some of the prospects they brought in over the last several years, guys that aren't as familiar with the position, but can transition really well into that Wisconsin 3-4 outside linebacker scheme. She also mentioned too, Connor, uh, Colorado tight end Gunnar Helm recently took an official visit, a virtual official visit to Wisconsin, and he's on that wish list because he's been in steady contact with tight end coach Mickey Turner, since Wisconsin offered in February, four-star prospect, and Wisconsin badly needs some depth at that tight end position. And speaking of outside linebacker, Yanni Karlopsis, four, top four of California, Purdue, Oregon, and Wisconsin, a list that he narrowed last month. He's a four-star linebacker, has never visited Cal or Oregon, and with recruiting trips shut down through the end of this month, there are no current plans to see those schools. 
So that tallies Purdue and Wisconsin as the primary contenders here. And it almost would seem too easy of a pick with Purdue because he lives in West Lafayette. His brother stars at uh, for the Boilermakers, uh, played there as a true freshman last year, and Jeff Brom and the staff have made it very clear that Yanni can play in their defense right from the time he steps on campus. But there's been no quick commitment, and that appears to bode somewhat well for Wisconsin. He appears to be an ideal fit for what the Badgers like to do in their defense, and on previous visits, Wisconsin and Yanni have really clicked. So Wisconsin probably can sign five to six more, kind of depending on attrition in this class, and those five would be huge scores for the staff. Probably are not going to get all five, so then you're going to look for some depth at wide receiver just to try to really tighten up some spots on this roster that are going to be a little bit lagging behind. And we're going to start diving into the roster a little bit once we kind of get a clear schedule of what Wisconsin football is going to be this fall. Uh, access that we're going to get. We'll start breaking down positions and different things and have some guests come on to kind of give their insight into Wisconsin football. And we hope to have another podcast for you this week with a guest so you just don't have to listen to me yammer on about uh, the unknowns, which is all we really have now is just a bunch of speculation about what the future is going to be. I wish I had a crystal ball. wish I had a DeLorean that can go into the future to let you know that we're all going to be fine. But I guess as of right now, we just got to keep washing our hands, wearing our mask, and hopefully we'll get college sports here in the next couple weeks. For all the latest on Wisconsin football, basketball, and recruiting, log on to BadgerBlitz.com. Follow me on Twitter at TheBadgerNation. And follow BadgerBlitz on Twitter at Badger underscore Blitz. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reading. And we'll talk to you again soon here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast.